0: Well good morning again everyone. Good morning. It's good to be back. Good to see all of you again. I will say glad you're here as well. Those of you that are watching at home. Seems like there's roughly 100 views every week. So I know there's a lot more people who are tuning in and watching who aren't able to be getting out quite as much yet. Maybe that day will happen one of these days. One of these days. You know we get to a point in the calendar where the month that we get into starts suggesting ideas in our heads. It's hard to believe. It's November already. But you know, when you get to February, uh, you can be thinking about perhaps Valentine's Day. At least if you're uh, married, you better be thinking about Valentine's Day. Take it from someone who forgets from time to time, so don't do that. Or you can be thinking about other things. I mean, you know, April you either have taxes or April Fool's Day to watch out for pranks uh, We just finished something that tends to define October Halloween last night But when you get to November the thing that often I suspect comes to mind is Thanksgiving giving thanks, and so I want us to look at what the Bible says about giving thanks Because it's a consistent message that we need to be a thankful people a thankful people First of all, I want you to imagine this uh, little story here. Imagine the disaster that might have been for a fourth grade boy, a boy in the fourth grade, who's forced to wear glasses. You know, I, maybe it doesn't happen as much anymore, but we could might remember you know, four eyes and all this kind of stuff. Uh, I'm looking around, almost everybody looking at me, majority of you have glasses. So <laughs> it happens over time, maybe just not for fourth graders. But I mean, just imagine this, right? And yet there was one little boy with new glasses in the fourth grade who was very thankful to God. And his teacher said, why? Right? Because most fourth graders are not going to be happy wearing glasses. And here's what he said. He said, because it keeps the boys from hitting me. You may remember parents used to be pretty strict about, you know, you don't hit a boy with glasses probably because if you got caught, you had to buy the new glasses. So you don't hit boys with, with anybody with glasses. So it keeps the boys from hitting me. And then look at this next one and it keeps the girls from kissing me. Now first of all, you can obviously tell that's a fourth grade boy. <laughs> By the time he gets to the sixth, seventh, or eighth grade, well, those glasses are gonna be hidden, lost, because you don't wanna have any interference with the possibility that there might be a girl at school who would wanna be thinking about kissing you. So fourth graders, yeah, you know, keep the girls away. Cooties or whatever we used to say. The key here is is that there was a way to be thankful even if it might not have appeared very easy to be thankful. There are always ways to be thankful, no matter the circumstances we actually find ourselves in. So let's take a look at some passages from uh, the Bible, from the New Testament, to talk about giving thanks. Let's spend a little bit of time looking at these. The first one is in Matthew 15, verses 35 through 37. So here's what we read. So he commanded the multitude to sit down on the ground. And he, this is Jesus, took the seven loaves of the fish and gave thanks, broke them, and gave them to his disciples, and the disciples to the multitude. So they, this is all the people who had been commanded to sit on the ground, they ate and were filled, and they took up seven large baskets full of the fragments that were left the leftovers. Now, the context of this story is that this is a snack. This is a snack that a, a young boy had brought with him out to go hear Jesus. We would think of a sack lunch. Some people still do that. I bring lunch from home uh, rather than trying to throw money when I go out someplace. I, I snack lunch. And he's up in Galilee. He's up in northern Israel. And so the fish that he's talking about here almost certainly... Are going to be the local fish from the Sea of Galilee. The Sea of Galilee was famous for little bitty fish that we would probably think of as uh, little. Uh, what's the word I'm looking sardines. for? Sardines. Well, sardines. I'm sorry, sardines. That's what I'm thinking of. They're, they're kind of like sardines because I couldn't think of it. I don't know why. The people of Galilee were famous for pickling. These sardines, they would salt them, but they would also pickle them so that they would last long. Now, I don't know about you, but sardines are not near the top of my list of things that I'm going to the store to go get some sardines. But this is what the boy had. This is what the boy had. And so he has a couple of loaves. The loaves, the bread in that area would have been barley bread, which was the bread of the poor, because it wasn't very good. It was the cheapest grain you could get. So he's probably got barley loaves and some pickled sardines. This is what the raw material is that Jesus brings to the crowd. And it's a large crowd. There's a couple of times this is related in the text. A large number of people. So you got, what is it, seven fish? Right? Seven loaves and some fish. This isn't a lot. The the loaves are not wonder bread. It feeds a thousand talking about small little biscuit-like things or something. And these are pickled sardines. You know, if, maybe the... I, I, this is not in the text, but it says they ate. I wonder if the reason there were so many leftovers and somebody said, no, oh, not having the sardines today, hopefully they were hungry and they ate. When we're hungry we'll eat most anything. And in this situation with pickled sardines, apparently something like that, I suspect, notice what Jesus does. He broke them after having given thanks. Even if all you've got to eat is little fish, give thanks for it because it comes from God. It comes from God. Look at Luke 2. Luke 2. This is when Jesus is presented at the temple. When Jesus is presented at the temple after he's it's a little bitty baby. Now we read, now there was one, Anna, a prophetess. The daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was a great age of 84 years, which certainly would have been a, an immense age back in the first century. We have people who live to 84 a lot more often today, but in the first century, this is pretty incredible. And she did not depart from the temple, but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. And coming in that instance, she gave thanks to the Lord for having seen the baby Jesus, seeing God's Messiah, God's chosen one. She gave thanks to the Lord and spoke of him to all those who looked for redemption in Jerusalem. Her encounter with Jesus led her to give thanks. We are having an encounter with Jesus here this morning. And that is something to be thankful for. Because any time God enters our lives, any time we can come before God is a time of renewal, is a time of refreshing that we can have of our spirit. We need to be giving thanks a lot more often than I'm afraid I usually do. Later on in the book of Luke, in Luke chapter 17, a story about people that needed help. We read, then as he, this is Jesus, entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers, who stood afar off. The law had said you couldn't come any closer than about 50 yards. think half a football field, right? About 50 yards, 150 feet, so they're pretty far distance away. They're respecting that social distancing, even in the first century, that they keep telling us about today. They lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said to them, go show yourselves to the priests. That's what the law required. Go show yourselves. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. I'm going to stop right there for a moment. He told them to go show themselves to the priests. As they go, they are cleansed. He does not cleanse them standing right there. They see that the leprosy is gone, and so then they run to the priest. It took their action to go to the priest's, to take that first step before Jesus cleanses them of the leprosy. When God gives us a command, we have to respond to it. When God tells us something, it is our belief which shows itself, demonstrates itself in action before the blessing will come. As they went, they were cleansed. Continuing to read, there we go. so it, and one of them, sorry, one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. So there were ten men. One comes back as a Samaritan. Now the story doesn't make any real sense at all if all ten of these men were Samaritans. Because if any of them were to come back, if they had all been Samaritans, it would have been a Samaritan. It only makes sense if the majority of the rest of these men were Jewish people. Were Jewish men. One of them at least, maybe a couple, but at least one is a Samaritan. It doesn't make any sense if they were all ten Samaritans because of it. The surprise is that The one who comes back is a Samaritan. The one who comes back is a Samaritan. So Jesus answered and said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Good things can happen to us, good things can come into our lives. Are we one of the nine? Nine people were cleansed of leprosy, nine men. What an incredible miracle! What an incredible blessing. These men would have been, you talk about isolation, you talk about quarantine, their whole life was a quarantine. They now have the opportunity, once they go show themselves to the priests, to rejoin their families, to see their hut, their wife again, to see their children again, to join society. They can't help it, it seems, to run with joy to the priest. But one man, seeing what happened to him, goes back give thanks. And Jesus is kind of shocked because it's a Samaritan. Where are the nine? Were there not any found to return to give glory to God except this foreigner, this non-Jewish man, this Samaritan. Now, I want you to think real quickly about that group of ten. I'm making the assumption, I think it's true, that there were seven, eight, whatever, Jewish men and at least one Samaritan. The Jews didn't have any dealings with Samaritans. They didn't. We are told that. History tells us that. But leprosy trumped the Jew-Samaritan divide. You were such an outcast that trumped being the outcast of being a Samaritan from the Jewish perspective. So these lepers are hanging out together because they can't hang out with anyone else. They had been living together because leprosy made them outcasts from everything. They're cleansed now. The Samaritan comes back and gives praise to God for this miracle that happened. I want you to imagine Monday morning. These seven or eight Jewish men who had been lepers hanging out together and the one Samaritan. They see each other again. Do you think they were able to maintain that camaraderie, that hanging out together that they did when they were lepers? I'm going to bet not. I'm going to, it wouldn't surprise me at all if they fell back into their former patterns of Jewish people being separated from the Samaritans. And what a tragedy that would have be. been. When there are barriers between people, Jesus knocks them over. The woman at the well in Samaria, John 4. She's a Samaritan. Jesus talks to her. The disciples come back. They're kind of embarrassed that it's going on. Any division between people, if we see it today, just like Jesus saw in the New Testament, you've got to break it down. You cannot have divisions between people because we are all God's children. And here, this Samaritan is the one that goes back and gives thanks. Look at Acts 27. You that out. We'll go to Ephesians 3. You've got a few extras on your handouts. Ephesians 3 verses 3 through 4 Paul here writing to the church in Ephesus says let it not be even named among you as is fitting for saints neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor coarse jesting which are not fitting not proper for members of God's family who are to be saints who are to be holy which just means different from the people around us so what things are not supposed to be associated with me As a member of God's family, look, filthiness, talking about not dirt. He's talking about immoral types of thinking and behavior shouldn't be associated with someone who's a member of God's family, nor foolish talking or coarse jesting. I'm glad he put coarse in there because I like jokes just like anybody else, but we all know the types of jokes that are often prevalent among people. Because anything that's inappropriate will joke about trying to get a laugh. It's not supposed to be the way it is for God's people. That is not fitting. It's like clothing. It doesn't belong on someone. you ever seen somebody put on a coat and it swallows them? Or a coat and the best they can do is pull it about that far around them and it doesn't fit. That type of behavior shouldn't fit a Christian. So it needs to not be associated with us because we're to be... Different, But what is supposed to be associated with us? Look, rather giving of thanks. That's the kind of clothing that should define us as Christians. Giving of thanks. Look at Colossians 1 verses 3 and 4. Paul here as he begins this letter to the church at Colossae says we give thanks to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ praying always for you since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of your love for all the saints. We should give thanks for each other. We should give thanks for our brothers and sisters in this city, people who are all trying to follow God and to love God and love our neighbor. Paul did that for this church that he had never seen. He was giving thanks for them because of their faith, their belief, their following of God. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 18. Paul tells the people at Thessalonica, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. That's not always easy. In everything give thanks. In everything. We'll talk about that a little bit. Ephesians 5, 18-20. Paul speaking again to the church in Ephesus says, And do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation. Fancy, dancy word. You're you're wasted. Today the language would be somebody's wasted or they're bombed. They're incapable of thinking and doing anything. If you're drunk with wine, you are out of it. That's not going to allow you to love your neighbor. You can't even know your neighbor's there. How are you going to be able to love them? To show God's love for them through what you do. Because you are bombed out of your mind. Do not be drunk with wine. But be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing, making melody in your heart. As we've already done this morning. And going to do here again. Giving thanks always for all things. To God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We need to be a thankful people to be thankful it's supposed to be the jacket if you will that we put on as God's people people shouldn't be able to see us without being able to see that we are a thankful people Colossians 2 6 through 7 therefore as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord walk in him live your life in him as he would want you to live root in being built up in him and established in the faith, growing as we learn more and more about what God wants us to become. And this overflowing, overflowing, he ends this little passage here, overflowing with thankfulness. Right? It's something that just can't be stopped. Overflowing. And I don't know about you. When I usually think of the word overflowing, I think of a plumbing problem. And since I work in a plumbing company. This is usually an emergency. You know, some things can wait until the next day, but if somebody in their house has got, you know, this huge explosion of water coming up out of the floor, it isn't something that can wait. Overflowing. Well, we're supposed to be overflowing with Thanksgiving. Do we bubble over with Thanksgiving? Or are we more like a claw? Do we need a, if you will, Sorry for this illustration. Do we need a spiritual plunger to be taken to our lives? I mean, look, I don't ever talk about something that I don't think I need to hear. I'm not as thankful as I ought to be. There are a lot of times I find myself wanting to complain, being disappointed. I need that spiritual plunger. Whoosh! So that my thankfulness will come out the way it should. Paul here says we need to be overflowing with thanksgiving. In this case, the emergency is when it's not overflowing with thanksgiving. In Philippians 2. Philippians 2. I'll go ahead and put it all up there. Philippians 2. Paul says, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not only as in my presence only, but now much more also in your absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Notice this. Do all things without complaining and disputing. Whoops. When I get something I may have to do that I don't want to do, do I complain? How about it? You know, often that'll be something I'm asked to do potentially at the house. Or something I need to do somewhere else. Most of us don't like being asked for told to do some things. We're supposed to do all things without complaining and disputing. Why? That you may become blameless. That you may become blameless and harmless children of God. Without fault in the middle of a crooked and perverse generation. Among whom you shine as lights in the world. Does that describe you? Does it describe me? If someone were to say and think of Gene, would they think of someone who always seems to be ready to do whatever is needed? Or do they think of someone who is thankful no matter the situation? Or, wow, he's always complaining about something. It seems like nothing ever goes right for him because he's always complaining. I can't be a light in the world if I sound like the world all the time. I can't be a light on the world if I am not different from the world. And The world needs people to be thankful. There's a lot in the world to be thankful for. But we often don't talk about it. There's a lot to be thankful for in our lives because God sure we are different from the people around us by showing that gratitude, that thankfulness. Maybe people will notice that. Why are you different? Well, God loves me. Let me tell you about it. It's a very, very good response. If that's not us, it should be, really and truly. If that's not me, if my life does not show gratitude, it should be. So let's think specifics here the rest of the time. Let's think some specifics we just sang that song about count your blessings. Be thankful that God is loving. Be thankful that God loves us. Be thankful that God is our adoptive father. He is our father. Be thankful that God is forgiven. I know full well I need God's forgiveness. Be thankful that God does not give up on me. After so many times I have disappointed him. Be thankful that Jesus knows what life is like jesus came and walked the earth he grew tired he had people who betrayed him he was hungry he knows what it's like to live here on the earth we're told that he was tempted in all the different ways that we are tempted yet without sin he knows the struggle that we have what a wonderful blessing that is that jesus came and knows what it's like Wake up, go through the day, and go to sleep with another day coming tomorrow. Be thankful that Jesus uh, is my brother. Be thankful that Jesus died for me so that I would be able to live for him. Be thankful that before the world began, right, before the world began, that God had a plan to save me even if it required the death of his son. Be glad that the Spirit helps me and that the Spirit lives within me. Be thankful that we are not under law, but grace. Just because we're not living under a set of laws does not mean I can do whatever I want. Grace does not give me the ability to be forgiven for anything, even if I'm doing it on purpose. Not at all, but we do have plenty of grace and mercy from from God. Be thankful for the church, my family. I have filled in at like 12 different places over the last two years once I started doing this I've been amazed that wherever I've gone I have found family I didn't know I had because we all share in common God is our father and Jesus dying so that we can be family be thankful for those who care here's something knowing the time of day Uh, Some of you won't like this, but I'm going to say, be thankful for food. Yes, I'm going to do it. I expect to hear some rumblings, right? I expect to hear some rumblings. Be thankful for food. One of my favorite types of food is Mexican. Oh, I do love a spicy burrito or a taco or something like that. I do love Mexican food. Be thankful for bacon. I mean, do I really need to say anything else? Bacon. Look, I'm going to make it worse. There it is, right? Bacon. I mean, if you want to talk about being thankful, you could just put that word up on the screen. Think about it for five or ten minutes. That would really increase gratitude. Some of the people who come down with COVID cannot smell or taste anything. Can you imagine bacon cooking and not being able to smell it? Can you imagine chewing on something like that and not being able to taste it? You're going to be praying a lot that you get your taste back and your smell back, if for no other reason, because of bacon. I mean, God created that. What a wonderful taste. It's like the maximum taste you can possibly have. Does it seem to me that I like bacon? Just just a little bit. Just a little bit. Bacon? How about caramel? There's another one. There's a picture of that. That's my uh, starting last in the morning, if I can get away with it. Drink the whole thing. And what is caramel? It's actually just a little burned milk. Well, burn I don't really care. Something like that. How about have bacon sticks that you can dip into caramel? There's a lot of food to be thankful for. How about bacon? Did I mention that already? Okay. In the, in the month of November, we often have an opportunity to have some turkey and dressing, pumpkin pie. We call those fall foods. November's the time we quite often will see those. Milkshakes, you know, it's a good thing there's not some milkshake place that's like within walking distance of where I live. I wouldn't be able to, the stage wouldn't be able to hold me because I'd be over getting one like two or three times a day. Love milkshakes. I don't even care what flavor it is. There's some place in town that's got 40 different varieties. It's a good thing the car's not too big or I could get 20 or 30 at a shot. I do love milkshakes. Fill in the blank. There's bound to be a food that you like is not on my list. I'm gonna also say, I'm thankful for foods I don't like because it makes me appreciate the ones that I do. What's a food I don't like? It happens to be raw tomatoes. Why, I don't know. I know lots of people love them. I have no idea why I don't like them. Put it into uh, ketchup, sure, tomato sauce, Spaghetti sauce, salsa, sure. Put the thing raw on the plate. Thank you. I've, I've had enough. I don't know why, but it makes me appreciate the other things that are on the table because it means I don't have to eat that. I have no idea why that happened, but be thankful for things that you don't like as well. And I'm putting the caramel just just in case you want hungry already. Thankful for my brothers and sisters in Christ for their example, for their faith. Their perseverance, their patience, their encouragement, their friendship, their help. There are all sorts of reasons to be thankful for brothers and sisters. Love, acceptance, uh, acceptance of me because I am a brother with as many failings as I have. Simply thankful for brothers and sisters. Thankful for unusual things. You'll have to think about this one I did. Thankful for unusual things. Death. You know, my mother died about two years ago. And she taught me many things in her life. But she taught me one last thing. By dying in the room when I was there with her, I know I'm not going to be here forever. By her death, she taught me one last lesson. Because it's real easy to think day after day that I'm just going to continue. I'll always be here. She's not. I won't always be here. And I am thankful for that lesson that she taught me as she died. So I'm thankful for death. Illness. When I'm sick, when I've got a cold, sure makes me feel a whole lot better as I start to get over it. You can be thankful in most any circumstance. Sorrow, the reason we are sorrowful is because we remember the good that we used to have before. that We may not anymore, but good times will often come again. You just have to wait for it. How about this hard to deal with people? I'm thankful for them. For no other reason, it helps teach, teach me patience. And I try to develop patience with people that would be hard to deal with. Because, let me tell you this, how do I know somebody doesn't view me as a hard to deal with person? When I finally thought of that, I became a lot more patient with people that I may view as hard to deal with. Because, how do I know I'm not that person, but somebody else? When we read James 1, verses 2 through 3, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. How can you possibly be thankful in hard circumstances? It develops that inward quality that we're supposed to have as members of God's family. It develops patience. James says, count it top level joy. The most joy you can have when trials come because that's going to make you. Very, very hard to do. That's so hard to do. Just a little more. Thankful for health, life in general, for love, joy, peace. I want to challenge you this week. We sang the song, Count Your Blessings. You may have some things that are hard in life. Think of uh, David Wood. He's, he's having a hard week. His father, James, having a hard week. Count your blessings. Count your blessings. What's on your list? Blessings. Over the next week, I really want to encourage you. Stop sometime or other. Make a list. If, if, if no other place, in your head. And when the next time something happens that you're not maybe as happy about as other things. When all you're given is a plate of raw tomatoes. Okay? Here's what. Here's <laughs> waiting for this three and a half pounds of raw tomatoes that I'm expecting to eat today.
1: When something happens that you're not as happy
0: with, you'll be able to remember stop and count the things, blessings that you have. Just like the song had said, it will surprise you what the Lord has done. I want to tell you one other thing. The biggest blessing that you're ever going to have, ever going to have, is the opportunity right now to I'm a member of God's family. If you're listening at home, if you're here in the audience today, if you are not yet a member of God's family, you need to be a member of His family. You do that by recognizing the sin in your life, turning away from that sin, not living for yourself anymore, but deciding, I'm going to live for God, confessing the sin that's been in your life, confessing the knowledge that Jesus is the Savior, the only hope for sin, And then dying to yourself in waters of baptism so that you can be raised to walk as a new person. If you're already a member of God's family and you are known as grumpy, if that's what people think of when they think of you, if you're not living the way God wants you to live, your opportunity, the best blessing you'll ever have, is the opportunity right now to change. Don't put it off till tomorrow you may not have tomorrow. If you need the prayers of the congregation, if you need prayer to God to help you be stronger, to be more thankful, to live differently the way we are supposed to, if you need to be a member of God's family, that opportunity is right now.